Welcome to the Peaceful Life Podcast. This is your host, Laura, coming to you from a cottage in the woods in the peaceful mountains of California. Today I present a conversation with Susan Madden, a woman who has devoted her life to inner and outer peace. Remember when I said it was so important to give gifts of your time, your knowledge, and presence? Well, Susan has definitely given herself to our community. She's a certified meditation instructor, labyrinth facilitator, nutrition junkie. She helps facilitate our monthly vegan potluck. And she started a nonprofit with her husband called Be the Power of One, which promotes education in developing communities. This year, she's founded the first Yosemite Peace Symposium, a weekend in October to bring together peacemakers and those interested in spreading peace throughout the world. Welcome, Susan, to the Peaceful Life Podcast. Thank you, Laura. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So let's start with inner peace. What first prompted you to become interested in mindful meditation? Well, gosh, some years ago, it just came to me just really in a flash that what my purpose is here, and that is to cultivate peace. And I realized that that has to start with inner peace. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I took some 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 online courses. I, I took Deepak Chopra's course online, which was really good, and it kind of got me started. And then then I got a birthday present to attend one of his retreats down at the Chopra Center in oh, wow. um, Southern California. Yeah, and it was great. And I think that. Deepak Chopra has done so much to promote meditation and promote mindfulness and inner peace. And I just found while I was down there, it wasn't really my my thing, my cup of tea, his course. So I kind of left with more questions than I had answers. And you know, if you fast forward a few years, I was looking at different things online and, you know, trying to find out more information about meditation. And I'm really a science nerd. So I was looking at the science of it as well. And I decided to spend 10 days at a silent Vipassana retreat near where I live. It's 10 days of silence. You don't talk. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. You sit in <laughs> meditation for 11 hours a day. And I figured that out because I was sitting in meditation for so long. I had lots of time to think. Yeah. And I assume it's no devices too. Oh, no devices. No, you wow. can't even read books, <gasps> even paper books. Oh, yes. Wow. So, so it was, it was quite an experience. And you know, what it taught me is your mind is always active and especially my mind. I'm an introvert by nature. So my mind is always going right and you just after sitting 11 hours a day for 10 days you things just happen <laughs> things come up in your mind you learn to keep your mind you learn how to quiet your mind a little bit um and so I left and I still had questions so I researched more 
And then I decided, you know what, if this is my purpose, if my purpose is to cultivate peace, I need to do something about that. So I took a year-long course in meditation to become a certified meditation instructor. And I chose the program that I chose. It was by a guy named Shane Wilson at the Meditation Center out of Mesa, Arizona. And it was an online course, but he taught the science of it. And I really related to his style. Mm -hmm. So I completed the program in September um, 2016. And I've taught you know, courses since then. And I hold a weekly meditation group, a mindfulness meditation group. And I, I just try to teach people how to find that inner peace for themselves. That's great. And you know, I'm a loyal member of your group meditation. Yes, you are. We get together for one hour a week and do a partially guided and partially silent meditation. Why does it feel so different and more powerful to meditate with a group? You know, a lot of people say that, especially I think you, you, you know, in our group, a lot of people say that. And they have done studies that show that group meditation is, it, it spreads out into your communities. It's like when you're in a group, the impact of mindfulness meditation is just increased. It's amplified. It's, it just grows exponentially. So they've actually done studies on it where they show that crime is reduced in areas, conflict is reduced in areas where they're doing group meditation. Yeah, it's really interesting. That's I think I so think we're fascinating. Yeah, it is. And I think we're all connected, you know, just we're all energy. So we're connected right. by that energy. And so because of that, we all it's like one big meditation that we're doing. Right. It's like an internet but with people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like an energy internet. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Now, you're also a labyrinth facilitator. Tell us about that. How does one walk a labyrinth, and what is it supposed to bring you? I am a labyrinth facilitator, and I, I went to another class to learn how to facilitate labyrinth walking. And a labyrinth is just another tool to give you uh, for meditation purposes. And so you walk a labyrinth and there's kind of three steps involved. There's different types of labyrinths and they're, you know, all, they're as old as mankind pretty much. I mean, they've traced them back tens of thousands of years Yeah. and all over the world. It's really interesting. Uh, but basically there's kind of three steps to walking a labyrinth. And the first is as you enter the labyrinth and you walk to the center, you're releasing everything. This is your time to quiet your mind so that when you get to the center of the labyrinth, you could spend some time there and receive any information, any answers you might have, any signs that you're looking for, anything like that. You spend as much time as you want in the center and then 
when you're done there, when you know you're done there, when you're told you're done there, you start your journey out. You return to kind of your your normal life. Mm-hmm. Now, labyrinths are sometimes confused with um, mazes, and they could be more more different. <laughs> they're they're kind of the opposite. So a maze is built just to get you lost and right. uh, for entertainment almost. Exactly, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. And puzzle solving. That's what it is. It's a puzzle. Right. Whereas a labyrinth is built so you can't get lost. Oh. And your the path that you take in, you can kind of compare it to your path in life. You know, everything is a metaphor on the labyrinth. If you stumble, think about what that may mean. As you come to other people on the labyrinth, do you step aside and let them go? Or do you go around them? So think about all those things that happen on a labyrinth and relate it to your life. That is really cool. Now, I've spoken on the show about my story moving from the city to the small community, but you've lived here for many years. You moved out of state for a while and came back. Why do you think that our environment in particular lends itself to living a peaceful life? Oh my gosh, just look out the window. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) literally, my office is, I have an office at home. And right now I'm sitting at my desk and I'm looking at these beautiful pine trees and kind of cloudy sky. And it's just so quiet and peaceful and you can't get a more peaceful place than this. Right. I think the quiet really helps. Yeah. Especially coming from the city. So what are some of the things that people in an urban environment can do to be more peaceful? You know, you can find places of peace anywhere you go. I mean, there's always uh, parks that you could go to. There's, you know, urban centers that that just exude peace themselves, mostly green space. I think a lot of people use church for that as well. And, And that's true. And you can certainly find peace in your, you know, in your spiritual community. Now, before we get to talking about the big event, um, you started an online and offline group called the Oakhurst Area for Peace. Ah, yes. What is the purpose and mission of that group? Well, <laughs> the uh, the group, Oakhurst Area for Peace, started um, back in November of 2016 when things were happening in our country and there was so much division in in our country there was you know people were divided on political sides to put it bluntly and it just made me sad it made me sad to see that you know how how much anger there was on facebook on both sides and people were just being mean to each other really right so the purpose of ocrestario for peace was first of all to give people kind of an outlet to talk in a safe place to share information to share their thoughts to share their concerns in a safe environment where everybody was supported and it's worked out very well it's a closed facebook group and so uh you know it's 
people that are supportive of each other. The other reason, though, to bring the sides together hasn't really materialized as much as I had hoped. But, you know, we're still working on that. Right. And you do have, or you did have a lot of in-person events. Yeah. You know, some demonstrations Mm -hmm. and things like that Mm -hmm. where um, people can actually do something instead of sitting behind a computer and griping. Yeah. And we we continue to do that as well. I mean, we, we, we had monthly what we called salons, where we all got together just basically for food and wine and some, you know, talk about what was happening. And uh, someone in our group organized the first women's march back in, um, oh, yeah. yeah, in January of 2017. We've gone to um, town hall meetings together. We have hosted candidates at our salons. So, yeah, we are very active that way. And what I love about you is that, you know, you get frustrated with things and you get sad, but you always kind of take the attitude of how can I fix this? What can we do? What action can we take? Exactly. You know, and I think that's really important, especially in this divisive age, instead of, like you said, just arguing online. Exactly. I mean, I'm not one to you know, complain unless I'm going to do something about it. And, uh, you know, I, I think that should go for for everybody out there. If you're going to complain, you need to do something constructive and positive to make that change you're looking for. I mean, I really, truly believe in you, ha- you have to walk your talk. Right, right. That's, that's something really special about you. Oh, thanks. <laughs> Now for the big event. You are coordinating something new and special this year. On October 26 and 27, the Yosemite Peace Symposium will take place. Tell my listeners about that. I am so excited about the Yosemite Peace Symposium. So first of all, I want everybody to think about what peace means to them. Because, you know, of course, it's an absence of conflict or war, but it's just so much more than that. And, right. you know, you have to think about the, the attitudes and the organizations and things that create and sustain this peaceful society, you know. Um, that may mean a well-functioning government or it might mean good relations with your neighbors or respect for the environment. Just think about what it means to you. So the Yosemite Peace Symposium is looking at that, this positive peace, and how we can we can make a change in our own communities. So we're bringing together, gosh, a whole, I think we have 18 speakers, presenters right now. Uh, we have 12 breakout sessions that are educational. And then we have several general sessions that are kind of more like something to kind of get you going and motivate you to go home and make these changes in your own community. At the end of the second day, we're going to have a breakout session that is a brainstorming session. We call it Peacemaking Mission Possible. Mm. And we'll have uh, facilitators in there 
helping you make a plan of action to take back to your own community. Because what I found in 20 plus years of helping organize events and conferences, I find that you go to a conference, and I've been to hundreds literally because of what I do. You go to these conferences and you just sit in these great sessions and you hear these wonderful speakers and you absorb or you try to absorb all this information and then you go home and you go back to your real life or you're back to your your job and you forget about everything that you learned in the (laughs) past few days exactly yeah the other thing that i find sometimes is they give you so much information that you can't even absorb it all Right. It's just too much. You know? Yeah, I usually have a notebook and I just like shove it in a drawer and I'm like, I'll get back to that when I can deal with it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. <laughs> so we want to make sure that doesn't happen with our attendees and we're we're going to help you make a plan, put a plan of action together so you can take it back to your community and do something great to facilitate a, a plan of peace there. Now explain the three tracks. We have peace in the environment, peace in our youth, and peace and human dignity. Can you define those three? Yes, yeah, so I can do that by giving you some examples. Mm-hmm. So let's look at peace in the environment. And I'm going to give you some examples of the sessions that, that we'll have there. For example, that might be We have one called, and I love the name of this one, it's called The Rights of Nature. And it really looks at nature instead of just this kind of separate entity. It's more like like a human being that has rights unto itself. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that might be something we're looking at that might be of interest to you. And it's taught by uh, someone that is, She's an organizer out of a group in the Bay Area. She's got many, many years of this under her belt. Uh, so let's look at let's look at peace in our youth. Peace in our youth. We have a session that that is taught by a woman from Sacramento, and her mission is to to get a peace pole in every school. And a peace pole is basically just that. It's a pole, but it has the words, may peace prevail on earth on each side in different languages. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's a very powerful visual statement of peace. And many schools use them to send, uh, you know, if there's a problem with some of the kids, if they need to get together and talk things out, they send them out to the peace. Oh, I love that. I know. I love that. Better than sending them to the corner or the principal's office. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Instead of, you know, just putting a Band-Aid on it, they're trying to solve the issues. You know, they're trying to look at issues like bullying and see what they could do about that. So peace polls are helpful in that. Yeah. And so let's look at the last one, which is human dignity. And we have a lot of great speakers in that category. The last session that we have before our peacemaking mission possible session is a woman from Fresno State. 
and she will be talking about restorative practices and how they can help in healing for people who have maybe gone through trauma or have been harmed in some way. So that's one that would be with our human dignity track. Okay, and some of our general sessions are just just amazing. We have these great speakers for the opening session. I'm so excited to have Christine Stevens here. Christine has been involved in healing people through rhythm. She has a session that uses drums and I'm just going to give away a little bit of a secret here, but everybody in the entire audience will have a drum to use during her session. So it's How really, fun. I know. It's really a- interactive and really fun. And I've been to one of her sessions before. Uh, so she is just an amazing keynote. It was the first name that popped into my mind when I was first planning this. We also have on the second day a uh, screening of the film, And then they came for us, followed by a panel discussion. The film is about the Japanese internment back in 1940s and how it relates to some of the things that are happening in our society today. On the panel is an attorney, Don Tamaki, who served in the 80s to, um, he served on a legal team representing someone who, sued the U.S. government for things that happened to him in the 40s. Yeah, it's an interesting and important film. And then also on Friday, during the lunch session, we have a speaker by the name of David Hartsoe, and he's a lifelong activist for peace, of course. He had his first, he first became an activist when he was seven years old. (gasps) Oh my God. Yeah, and I think it had to do with a a schoolyard bully or something like that. That's wonderful. And since then, he's been all around the world. That's great. I remember when I was, I think I was 10, 9, because it was the 72 election. My cousins were visiting, and we had nothing to do, so we decided to stop by the campaign office for McGovern and just help them. And so... Oh, there you go. And he was running against Nixon, and that was pre-Watergate. So I tell you, we were right at nine years old. Yeah, yeah. That's an early start. I know. Um, So that seems like such an amazing conference, and I'm going to be there, and I'm, I'm so looking forward to that. Tell my listeners how they can get more information about the Yosemite Peace Symposium. Okay. Well, we have a a beautiful website, and you can reach it by going to Mm yosemitepeace.com. And when you're there, please, please be sure to sign up for the information emails that I send out now twice a week, but sometimes once, just so you could get more information on the event. On the website, there is a place to register, of course. Uh, there's contact inform- there's a contact information if you want to reach me for any reason. Uh, there's a schedule, a full schedule with a description of all the sessions as well as the speaker bios. 
so you'll find all the information you need on that website, yosemitepeace.com. And Laura, I have a special offer too for your listeners. Oh, great. I know if they sign up to attend, I'm offering them a $10 off coupon. It's a promo code just through September 14th. Excellent. If they enter the promo code when they register, PCFL10. PCFL10. I'll also put the that in the show notes. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Great. Well, thank you so much, Susan, for joining me on the show and giving my listeners a discount on the Peace Symposium. I'm so excited. You are so welcome, and I'm looking forward to seeing you and hopefully some of your listeners there in October. I hope so, too. Thanks for having me. It was fun. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I have. For more information about the Yosemite Peace Symposium, go to yosemitepeace.com. Susan's other website is bethepowerofone.org with the number one at the end. I'll post all links in the show notes for this episode. Our show is growing bigger than I ever imagined. So I thank you for listening, for your support, and for telling your friends about it. If you want to help support the Peaceful Life podcast with a small donation, go to thepeaceful.life slash donate. I created this podcast out of peace and joy, and it's free for anyone to listen and always will be. If you can't do a monetary donation at this time, then please take one moment to rate and review the show on iTunes. That helps others find the Peaceful Life podcast. Remember, you are a spectacular human being. Take Susan's example and spread a little peace and joy around your community.